0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, if we haven't met before, my name is Matt, one of the leaders here. And uh, if you're a guest, welcome. Um, I hope that you feel at home. I know it's, it's not always easy coming to a new place for the first time and there's coffee and when can we drink it and when do I stand and when do I sit. And um, I really hope that you don't feel the pressure to have to do or be anything. Please make yourselves at home and kick your shoes off metaphorically. Unless you're wearing slops, then that's Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope that you feel at home with us um, and that you have a good time with us um, this morning. So, we are currently working through some of the teachings of Jesus on the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, and as we do that, I think you might notice that Jesus doesn't give a nice, simple little definition, right? All right? In a nutshell, the kingdom of heaven is, boom, and therefore, this is what we should do, and it's just it's nice and straightforward. And, and I think there's good reason for this. I think the kingdom of heaven is exceedingly profound. I think it's multifaceted. There's so much to it. And in fact, there's nothing on earth like the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus is finding metaphors and similes and language to help us kind of understand to some degree what it's like. And so today, I hope that you are not expecting... So, like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to understand. This is what the kingdom of heaven is. We're, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a nice little definition. What I'm hoping that you're expecting today, I'm hoping you're expecting to come away with an aspect and then to let that shape you in the week. Now surely that's what we should be doing. As we, as we read God's Word, we're like, okay, I'm reading this for the purpose of it changing something in me, not just ticking a box. So, I went... Sunday church and had a nice lunch afterwards and and tick. Then we're wasting our time. I hope that, that we can take something home and go, okay, I gotta let this do something in me and I wanna work it through with God. So we're talking of the kingdom of heaven, and again, it's one of those very Christianese phrases, isn't it? I, I've noticed I'm getting into a bit of a habit here. I'm sorry, but I, I think it's actually a good habit, right? I just need to acknowledge that when we use these sort of very Christianese phrases, that sometimes we build up an idea in our minds, and we use that as a set of lenses, right? So I've started to think, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, and then I put those glasses on, and and I read these scriptures with a lens, right? And it sort of taints the picture of what is the kingdom of heaven. I wonder, what do you think of when you think of the kingdom of heaven? I'm tempted to ask the kids, but I have no idea what we're going to get there, comes to your mind? I, I know for me, I, I'm a visual thinker. So, it's, it's funny, when I think of the kingdom of heaven, I have quite a strong visual picture. There's a white horse, and there's a king riding the horse, this cloak, and a big yellow golden crown kind of thing, very very kingly, and there's a confidence, there's an authority, and the horse is walking slowly and I'm, I'm somehow behind, so I'm seeing the king's back. I have no idea where this image comes from, but that's what comes to my mind when I'm thinking about the kingdom of heaven. And so, Jesus in, in Luke says, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? And so, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, and if you have your Bibles, please don't open them. Oh, Yeah, you didn't expect that, did you? I'm going to bring it up on the screen, and I want us just to walk through step by step and not run ahead. Let each little point just kind of confront us a little bit. So I've got the picture of the king on a horse, right? That's my kingdom of heaven. What what is your picture? And then Jesus says, he told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It's like yeast. Is anyone going... Say so what now? Seriously, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Is anyone going, yeah, I'm, yes, the yeast kingdom, I'm on board, sign me up. Is this not a very strange thing to say? This is not inspiring, right? Where, where, where are the, the managing directors? Where are the people of influence going, oh, yes, right? Is anyone sitting here thinking, uh no not no no The kingdom of heaven is like yeast the stuff that you put into bread This is so Jesus This is so God this is so how he works because we think right I there's a kingdom and God's kingdom I'm thinking power I'm thinking authority I'm thinking he's going to rule. I'm thinking, yeah, y'all out there, you bad guys, watch it. He's a coming. I'm waiting for him to come and dominate. I'm waiting for him to take over. That's the kingdom I'm expecting, and we get yeast. It is not what we expect. And Philip reminded us last week that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that you can barely see on your finger. It is small, small. If you're, uh, remember, Jesus talking to a group of people that didn't go to pick and pay and buy their little packet of bread yeast, baker's yeast. Right? So where, did, where, did, where does the yeast come from? You make your dough, any, sourdough, anyone made sourdough? Where, the, where do you put it? In a jar. And you, and you wait for the spores in the air that you can't see to sort of land on it. And, and it takes a lot of time until something starts to happen. That's the kingdom of heaven. It's humble. Seemingly insignificant, small, and unimpressive. So, in the time of Jesus, when Jesus was born, the nation of Israel, they're waiting for the promised Messiah. They're waiting for God's King to come and establish His rule and reign and set them free from the Roman oppression. They're waiting for this Messiah. And He comes as a baby, and he comes to a young girl who's not married when she conceives, and the first few years of his life, Jesus lives as a refugee in Egypt because people are trying to kill him, and eventually he comes back to his home country, and he lives in some backwater town that people are like, oi. And as an adult, he hangs out with the socially despised people, not the leaders and the influences of his day. And he's falsely accused. He's captured and he lets himself be taken. He doesn't fight. There's a farce of a trial. He says nothing. He's tortured and, and brutally executed, allows himself to do so, just next to common criminals and then he asks God to forgive his executioners because they don't know what they're doing. And this is the kingdom. Perhaps the greatest act of the kingdom, in that moment, Jesus' crucifixion, His death and resurrection, it, it is not what we expect. And certainly, I don't know about you, it doesn't exactly feel inspiring. I'm not feeling, yeah, sign me, I'm like... It's almost sobering because, wait, wait, wait let me just, i got to let this sink in here. The way to strength is weakness and submission. The way to true life is to die to self. The way to gain is to give. The way to be first is to be last. It's upside down. It's the wrong way around. It's back to front. It's everything that I would not have expected it to be. Can I, can I read a, a chunky passage? Right, It's a little bit chunky, but think of the yeast kingdom here. This is Isaiah before Jesus, and he's prophesying about this coming Messiah, this coming King. He's prophesying about Jesus. And so, we're thinking about this yeast-like kingdom, and he says... He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to Him. This is the Jesus, the Jesus we've been singing about. You're worthy, you're worthy. Yeah, He is, but no beauty or majesty to attract us to Him. Nothing in His appearance that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, He was despised and we esteemed Him not. And it goes on, I'm not going to read the whole thing, maybe I'll just save some time here. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils among the strong. Okay, there's lots to go in there, but thinking about this kingdom of yeast, we're expecting glory, and what we get is humility. We're expecting strength and power, and we get weakness. We're expecting life, and the way to do that is Jesus pouring himself out and dying, and he says, come follow my example. Do the same. Take up your cross. Come die. (laughs) Jesus, really? The kingdom is like yeast. Anyone feeling like, yes, I want to sign up. That's what I signed up for. Some of us might be sitting here thinking, did I sign up for that? Yeah. Yeast is small, but its effect is big. Yeast is slow acting, but steady and inevitable. Yeast is weak, but its effect is powerful. It is humble, yet necessary and desirable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. I didn't expect that. But I have to let this metaphor, I have to let this image confront me. Right? Every gladiator movie that I've watched, and like you get, get inspired there. I have to let this thing say, oh, you're expecting this. Did you know that you were expecting that? No, no. The way into God's kingdom is this way. Okay, so the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, right? So we're going to park that. Just let that kind of sink in. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. And we go a bit further. That a woman took and mixed into a large bowl of flour. If I understand correctly, it's about 27 kilograms, the three measurefuls, depending on what um, translation you're reading. Large amounts of flour, three measurefuls somewhere there. It's It's a lot of flour. And so the woman takes the yeast and she mixes it in. Maybe your translation says, she hid it. She got it in there. And so, the kingdom of God is something that must be taken in and mixed in. Right? Who's the woman here? Is the woman the church? Right? So, the church should be helping us to to mix this in. Is the woman, perhaps your life group leader or the pastor or Glenn's going to stand here and preach, you know, and it's his job to, 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 to get that in. Is, is the woman representing me? Is it my job? I should be taking that yeast in the kingdom and, and getting it in there. Or maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit's job to do that. And maybe we can discuss this, but I don't think that's the point of this parable. I think the point of the parable here is the verb it's the action it requires mixing. You've got to take it and mix it in. Regardless of who's doing it, is it you, is it someone else? I suspect it's all of the above. Perhaps the action for you is actually just submitting to what God wants. And He's been pressing you on something. And you're mixing in the kingdom of heaven is simply going, okay, fine, and you let go. Maybe the mixing in is God saying, I've been asking for a few years that you start this thing. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Maybe it's something small, maybe it's something big. Maybe it's it's sitting with open hearts to hear. Maybe it's just daily in the word. Just letting it get in. I don't know. What is it? What is it for you? I think the purpose of this is not, is not to say, okay. Let's just put some God into the mix. We're just going to add some God into all. I don't, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I think He's saying, you've got to mix in the kingdom. You've got to hide the kingdom. You've got to get it in there with the intent of it getting everywhere. You take a, a batch of dough with yeast in it. There is no space in that dough where the yeast does not get to. There's our point. The kingdom is wanting to get everywhere in me, everywhere, and so there's definitely an action that is required. But it must get everywhere. I have to get God's power into my bank account. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Some of you are like, ah, there's prosperity gospel. No, 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 no. yeast. Not, so upside down kingdom upside-down kingdom, because we all think, I want to get, and God is a great way so that I can get. How do we get? You, you give. Oh, no. So, what we're saying is, you have to give God access to your bank account. Allow God's power into my screen time. Submit, perhaps, to God's life working its way into my bedroom. My intimate space. Get God's life into my relationships with people. Work God into my thought life. You seen people needing bread? Right? Sometimes you gotta work a little bit harder. The first time you need bread, it's actually a little bit after a couple of minutes, you're like, I'm tired now. You gotta develop some stamina. Sometimes that kneading and getting that yeast in there requires a little bit of effort. Sometimes you gotta do that. Allow God's new way of being to permeate my job. Allow God into my schoolwork. Need God into my gym routine. Fold God into my spending habits. Let God spread His influence into my friendships and who I'm hanging out with. Work God into my shopping. Do you get where we're going with this? You've got to take the kingdom and mix it in to get everywhere. And that's, that's nice when I'm rocking and rolling in certain areas of my life. But there's other areas for all of us that maybe there's a little bit less God in those spaces. Let God in. Let God in. Maybe He'll make it amazing, or maybe He'll just say, uh-uh, shut that down, that's enough now. I don't know. But we have to allow God to do that. And this is not just personal my life. Because you see, my life and your life interacts with others, doesn't it? Maybe some of us don't interact with that many people. Maybe some of us have contact with huge numbers of people and everywhere in between. But you see, the effect of the yeast in your life and my life must work out. Have you noticed? Yeast doesn't work from the outside in. Yeast works from the inside out. And so my life impacts others. And so, the kingdom of heaven must work its way out to impact others. It must permeate. It must exert influence. The kingdom of heaven in an ideal world should be such that people say, yes, like Matt, a couple of years ago, you were really difficult to work with, but you're a lot more patient now. What's happened? Okay. Yo, I used to be so afraid of you, but now, now not. You, you used to be a doormat for everyone, but now there's some kind of... Con- What's happened? What's happened? Why do, you, why do you not spend money the way you used to? Why do you not spend your time the way you used to? What's changed? No, oh, it's the yeast. It's the, see, if, see what they say to that answer. It must impact the world around me. Yes, it's personal. It's not just personal. It must impact... Other. So the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. So once you finish kneading, you have worked it, what do you do with your dough? You leave it. You let it rest. Is that the correct term? Resting? Right, it it must right, it must, must do its thing. You you leave it. And what happens? It works through the dough. So, we have something that must be done by us, others, etc., and then there's the yeast, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The yeast has life in it. It's alive, and it exerts its influence, and so sometimes there's things that we must do, and sometimes it's, now God must work. God must work. Is that instantaneous? No. It takes time. Oh, I'm so bad at waiting. I'm so bad at it. And God says, yeah, yeah, I'm busy. And He doesn't tell you. It's going to take 20 years. Because I think we'd tap out. And so, there are the suddenlies of God. Let's not box God. The kingdom of heaven is like, and then we take this aspect. It's not only yeast. But so often, there is this patient waiting, and slowly, slowly, the yeast works. And we don't know that it's working. We don't know that it's having an effect. Oh, but it is. It is. And so, the kingdom of heaven works slowly, imperceptibly. You don't notice it. Gradually, consistently, inevitably, definitely. Definitely. There is nowhere in that batch of flour where that yeast has not exerted its influence. I want to make sure I'm not missing something there. So, a couple of encouragements from this. Number one, it's not all perfect immediately. Like, oh, this is, but you see, these things, I'm still not getting, it. it's okay. It's gradual. Step by step, day by day. What's the next thing? Sometimes I get irritated with Glenn when he asks that. What's the Lord asking you to do? I don't know. So perhaps the Lord is asking me to do something, and I'm just la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Do you ever do that? I do that. I'm going to turn the volume up. Can't hear you. Music's playing loud. Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants me to do something. Sometimes not. Sometimes He just leaves you to rise slowly. Perhaps He's calling you to do something. Step by step, day by day. Some of us want big. We want it now. I want to be mature. I want to be a life group leader. I want to be the preacher guy. I want to do the thing. I wanna set up that multiple feeding ministries. Wanna do whoa, 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 whoa. sometimes it's slowly, slowly, and that's okay. You don't have to be perfect from the get-go. Encouragement number two. Um it's yeast. It's not exactly what I was expecting. But there's life there. And so sometimes when you're like Ten years down the line, five years down the line, one month down the line. This Christian thing is not all I was expecting it to be. So it's not quite living up to my expectations. And, or, you know what, this is really hard. I'm having to, people have to sacrifice family sometimes for this. They have to give up jobs. They have to give up dreams and hopes. Sometimes this thing is hard, but you know what? There is life. There is life. You might feel like, you know what, I'm dying here, but there's life there is life. And I want to encourage you with that. Encouragement number 3. God hasn't forgotten you. He's just letting you rise. Sometimes we feel they're flying, they're doing well. Look at what's happened over there. God, have you forgotten? No, no. He's just letting the yeast do its thing. He hasn't forgotten you. He is working. He is working. And perhaps, as a fourth encouragement, it's not comprehensive, it's just some things that really did come to mind. Maybe you're seeing a lot of injustice out there. Maybe you're fighting a system that you're like, this, this, this is messed up. God, how can these things be happening? And they're getting away with it. The kingdom of heaven is inevitable. It's a coming, and it will come completely. And you know what's cool about the kingdom of heaven is it's not sayonara suckers, we're going up to heaven, and the whole world is going to burn. It works its way through the whole batch of dough. Here. Here. God has not abandoned this world. He's at work. Justice and righteousness will come fully one day. It reminded me of I don't know if you remember the story of Daniel, Old Testament, there's this dictator of the world at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, and he has this dream, and he threatens all the smart people in the world, if you don't tell me what my dream is and what it means, I'm going to kill you all. And so, Daniel goes to God and says, help, and God gives him, he tells him, this is what he dreamed, and this is what it means. And so, he goes to Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, this is the dream that you had. You saw this massive statue, And the head was gold, by the way, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the gold. I think he was happy with that. And then we've got the bronze, and we've got the iron, and the iron mixed with clay, and all these different parts. And these represent the different kingdoms that are to come in the world. And then there is a stone that comes out and hits the statue, and the statue crumbles entirely. And what happens to the stone? It's the kingdom of God that grows into a great mountain you silly little statue. You've got a mountain, and that statue's gone, it's disintegrated, and then the mountain fills the whole earth. What kind of a mountain is that? What's the picture? An expansion of God's kingdom, and you silly little kingdoms of the world, the four biggest kingdoms that are to be seen on the planet, you've got mountains filling the whole earth. That's God's kingdom. What are you doing? It's coming. It's inevitable. A few weeks ago, we, we read from uh, Isaiah chapter 9. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who's this child that's to be born? Who's that? It's Jesus. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. You see this this picture this expansion all the time bigger 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 and throughout history surely there have been people who love god who are saying god where's your kingdom it's patience it's coming it will be complete it will be entire inevitable full utter mike the, the late michael eaton he he writes a commentary, and he's, and he's commenting on um, this parable. He says that the kingdom of God will indeed fill the earth is the main point of the third and fourth parables. So, we've got the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. And he says the main point of these parables is to say that the kingdom of God will fill the earth. It is like a grain of mustard seed, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the other plants. Although the kingdom of God is not violent or military, it will nevertheless make progress. Eventually, the whole earth will be affected by God's royal power. In the third millennium, so the last 2,000 years, and now we're into the 21st century of world history, we can see just how much this has already been fulfilled. The influence of the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer confined to little Galilee, right, his hometown. It's spread right across the world, and the kingdom will grow yet more! mark! I love that. It will be like leaven, like yeast that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. A little bit of sourdough is used when making bread. Eventually, it affects the whole loaf. In the same way, the kingdom of God was introduced into our world in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but the little yeast will eventually affect the whole world, even before the end of the age. And for some of us, if you're feeling discouraged and you're like, man, this world is messed up, the politics, the news got very depressing for me. I stopped reading it for a while. It's like, this is too much for me. Hold on, hold on. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that will spread everywhere. The stone that will grow into a great mountain and fill the whole world. God is at work, friends. He is at work. It's inevitable, but it's not in the way that we would expect. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast of all things. It's humble, slowly, consistently, and powerfully exerting its influence, and its spreading. The kingdom of heaven is taken and mixed in. Will we submit to that mixing in? Will I let it get to all those parts of my life? Am I going to participate in that mixing, or am I going to fight that mixing? The kingdom of heaven keeps on going, and it will until it is worked through everywhere. God is at work. And his kingdom coming is 100% a definite. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. Huh? Can I finish off with another quote? Matthew Henry, Puritan, Old English. So I've just paraphrased a little bit. I've just sort of. So if you Google this, you're going to quote me and say, Matt, you got it wrong. Okay, I just modernized it a little bit. The preaching of the gospel works like yeast in the hearts of those who receive it. The yeast works certainly, yet gradually. So does the Word of God. It works silently and without being seen, yet strongly, without noise and without fail, for that is the way of the Spirit. It's that upside-down kingdom. This is seen in the world. The apostles, by preaching the gospel, mixed a handful of yeast in the great mass of mankind. It was made powerful by the Spirit of the Lord of hosts, who works and no one can hinder. This is how it is in our hearts. When the gospel comes into the soul, it works a thorough change. It spreads itself into all the powers and the faculties of the soul, and even alters the characteristics of the members of the body. From these parables, we are taught to expect a gradual progress, Therefore, let us inquire. Thank you, Matthew. That's a great point. Let us inquire. Are we growing in grace and in holy principle and habits? So, I leave you with some questions. We'll leave this up on the screen. Let us inquire some thoughts. Why do you think Jesus taught this parable? I've got three questions for you. Question number one, why do you think Jesus taught this parable? It's one, one verse. It's like the shortest parable. If, if this was not in the Gospels, would we be missing something? The rhetorical question, the answer is yes. There's definitely something Jesus wants us to get here. What do you think, question number two, what do you think Jesus wants us to do with this parable? Question number three, what are you? Going to do with this parable? Why do you think Jesus taught this? What do you think he wants us to do with this? What are you going to do with this parable? What I'd like to do, I, I mean, it's it's yeast. I'm sorry. We're going to need this a little bit. We're going to work this in. It just feels wrong to say let's pray and call it a day. I'm going to give us five minutes, and I'd I'd like us to take the opportunity. Excuse the metaphor. We're just going to knead this in a little bit. We're going to work this in a little bit. If you're the type of person who likes to think by myself, leave me alone, you have five minutes to just process this. If you need people to verbalize and to discuss, and that's going to be helpful, I invite you to do that. If you are the type of person who just doesn't like to say no, and someone says, hey, come join our group, and you want to be alone, please say, I'd like to think this through by myself. I don't want to put pressure on anyone. If you're a guest, I'm sorry, I know, this is weird. Um... (laughs) But I, I, I want this to be meaningful. I want this to be real for us. So please don't feel pressure to join any group. Let's give it five minutes. We've got three questions. Perhaps there's something else. Maybe the Holy Spirit's pressing something on you. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> what is going on? Great. Process that together. We'll spend five minutes, and then Glenn will call us back together, and we'll take communion, and we'll close the meeting.